0: Hi dolls, welcome back. I'm Daniel and I'm Garrett, and we're your hosts of Modern Gays. On today's episode, we're going to be unraveling the beautifully complex world of kinks from the history and origins to our deepest desires, and even the non sexual perks of being or even dating a kinkster. We're here to demystify and celebrate the kink community. So, Let's get into it. Well, well, well. We had the queen herself in Melbourne taking over the entire city, Taylor Swift. I mean, there's many queens, but she's one of them. She's the queen of the moment right now. She has literally taken over the city. She had her largest concert ever. ever, 96,000 people at the good old MCJ. For those who don't know the MCJ, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, we have a lot of AFL, Australian Football League football hosted there throughout the year. (laughs) I feel like there's more football played there than cricket now. Yeah. And all the Aussie footy fans are coming for her saying, this is not the greatest event that's ever happened at the MCG. The football, the, footy. the football, Aussie, Aussie male kicking a ball. It's much better, well, much better. She should have just w- picked a team and like, at least put a Collingwood jersey on or something. Oh, that actually would have been fun. Imagine she had like for style, for the song style, for like a catwalk. She had like the AFL football stars just walking down the catwalk. Yes, she put on a show and we could actually see it from our apartment we could see it all the girls and the guys were out in their glitter sparkle bejeweled sequence tops the swifties, the swifties really really were a beautiful thing to see we we did have a bit FOMO so I was sad we missed out a bit of FOMO that was a lot of FOMO There was a lot of FOMO I don't know we were always holding our money to go see Beyonce who never came it didn't happen and I wish we would have just doubled down on Taylor at least we would have went to a concert this year very true I think speaking of music have you heard Kim Petras's new album? You mean Slap Pop, Pop Miami. Yeah, Slap Pop Miami. It's for the Miami boys. So when she came out with her original Slap Pop album, I loved it. I didn't love it because I was like, what you, is this? This is like you, porn. A porr. it was too much porn <laughs> <laughs> it's too much dark. and it was like it was a lot and then i like really got into the beats i got into the lyrics i got into the, the music video i was like it was actually you. really really fun i was like this is too slutty and now it's actually like you only got into it because i kept playing it maybe it was just like correct beaten into you know ex- loving it then she came out with problematique with paris hilton and they did that song together do <laughs> Uh, Isn't it all that she wants? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't really love the album. I know that this no, album that wasn't was supposed good. to drop before and then there was delays or whatever was going on. So then she went back to sex on legs. And now it's the thing again. It's not even like a tamer version. It's not even like B-track... Like cuts that didn't make the original album. I think it's, it's like, like she's doubled M triple plus. She doubled down. Yeah, she went She went cray cray. It's M triple plus. It's X rated. It's it's even like... It's the, X triple plus. It's all the pluses. It's banned in many countries. It's like do not listen. But the titles are fun. So I think my most favorite song on the album is Rim Job, And I actually like Cubana. I like... Or you like Whalecock. I do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Well, it's a great song. It's a, a great song. Say, yeah. What's Garrett's favorite song at the moment? Well, cock, well, cock. <laughs> cock. Okay, one more time for the people in the back. Well, And whoever's like this deep voice on the tracks are is amazing. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the song, I mean, go listen to it after you listen to us, because you'll hear the guy and he says, well, cock. I like. I love how she like wins a Grammy and then she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do me. Yep. You know, I'm not going to play the games. I'm going to do the music I want You know make. what? She listens to our podcast because she is being her most authentic self. Oh, there you go. Anyway, enough about Kim Petras. Let's get into today's episode. But before we get into the kinks of the day, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to every episode every week. So if you haven't already, please leave us a review, five stars, or follow, subscribe, and Check out what we're doing on Instagram and threads. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show. Us gays, we just know how to do stuff. Well, what about modern gays? That's easy. Modern gays do everything. So, my sexy, devilish, handsome husband, on a scale of 1 to 10. Yes. 1 being nothing, 10 being very high. How kinky would you consider yourself to be? Hmm. I would say I am a seven. Really? A seven. Wow. <laughs> if you're a seven, then I'm a ten. You are a ten. Me? Yeah. You're a ten. I would have said I'm a seven. You're a five. Ah. Uh, I think that's a bit more fair. No, I think. What if we meet in the middle? We'll go six and an eight. Let's a six and an eight. Let's go six and eight. Yeah. So let's. For those who maybe don't know what a kink is. Let's quickly just describe a kink. So a kink is anything that essentially veers away from the typical normal path of a sexual desire. The term kink actually is a Dutch word and it refers to twist or to bend the rope. So before you'd be like, oh, I have a kink in my rope. I have a kink in my chain. Can you get this kink out? Correct. So a kink is anything that veers away or moves away from what is typically considered normal or expected when you have sexual intercourse with your significant other or others. Right. And then what is a kink stir? So a kink stir is actually a person who enjoys sexual activities outside of the sexual norm. So anything that's like BDSM, ropes, leather, voyeurism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I have some data for you. Share the data. Share the load. <laughs> the load on this data is big okay. because nine out of 10 people are interested in kinks. Interesting. And most people are actually kind of kinky because they identify being on a scale of one to 10 between a six and an eight. Interesting. That's pretty high. Six to be the minimum on yeah. average is relatively high on the scale. they number one kink. Is what? What do you think? Ropes. Ropes are up there, but the number one is the sub-dom. Because lots of us, I mean, especially in the gay community, like, right. oh, I'm a dom top or no, I'm a top sub, a sub. Looking for a sub-bottom. Like uh, these kind of cliche stereotypes, right? right? But there's so much gray area in between. There's so much colorful rainbows in between, right? And what is... Interesting is that it's the most like well, accepted, welcoming thing to most people. Most people understand what a sub is and what a dom is, and that's universal. We talk about reality television shows all the time, and in Australia, there's maths. And on the show, there's a straight guy dating this or married to this random stranger who they he got paired with. They were talking about their sexual kinks. And he was really open with his. And, and she said he was really kinky. And she's like, oh my God, They're like, Oh, he's so kinky. And everyone's like, oh, he's the sexual one. And he's literally the only one on the show not having sex. But he said that he was into golden showers. He was into a golden shower. Openly with no shame whatsoever. And I, in general, think this guy is not that interesting. But when he said that, I was like, wow, that is the most interesting thing about him. Because he had no self-shame he had, he had no had so insecurity much, about it you know insecurity about it. and that was actually so refreshing and beautiful to see on television Someone saying <laughs> they love being pissed it. on <laughs> literally but it was just the acceptance of his true self i love like, it he had no problem saying this is what i love this is what i'm interested in and you know appreciate me take it or leave it so what are some of the kings name them all right. So, Name them. <laughs> age play. Name them. Bondage. Name them. BDSM. Name them. Blindfolds. Chastity. Cuckold. Dom. Sub. Feet. Filming. Fisting. Food. Gags. Groups. Oh, humiliation. Food. Can we try food actually? That would be good. Get some whipped cream. or some. I am Vegemite. hungry. I am hungry. And well, there's more. A 2014 published study in the psychology bulletin concluded that there is a link between kinks and and genetics. Really? hmm Kinks can actually be genetically inherited. Kinks can be genetically inherited. That is correct. How is that possible? Well, obviously we inherit dimples, we inherit other things from our biology, from our moms and dads or from our parents. So our brain chemistry, mm-hmm. including what we may be into, mm-hmm. is something that our parents could have been into as well. Correct, yeah. So there's actually a correlation between genetic influence on our adolescent sexual behavior. Interesting. Very interesting. About 10 years ago, it was considered a mental illness to have a kink. To be into BDSM. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So the American Psychiatric Association, which has a book called Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM. Mm -hmm. And it was created in 1952. And it just listed and standardized the communication around many mental illnesses and disorders. And even homosexuality was included. Up until 1974, right? Wow. So up until 2013, having almost like this, you know, kink inclusion in this DSM manual meant that there were so many people who felt shame, repressed, felt like they had something wrong with them. Right. It was a problem. They hid their desires. And there was an organization called the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, the NCSF, which had a lot of advocacy work and education and backed it up with psychiatrists and professionals who proved that this should not be listed as a mental disorder. Absolutely. And that it was a natural part of our thinking and how we operate as human beings. So while there are so many prejudices and Maybe some shame and judgment that circulate around kinks. There has been a lot of massive change around how we think about kinks and mm-hmm. how we talk about them in the pub in public. And there's also so many benefits. There to are being benefits. Kinky. But also, even when you go to date someone, you ask them what their kinks or what they're into, right? Especially if it's just a hookup, right? I would say by three months in, we were pretty open about our kinks. Yeah, maybe even two. You were the first person that I had ever dated that I have shared openly all of my kinks with. I know every kink. Every single kink. I know all of you know every kink under the dink. (laughs) But you said a really good point. So there are actually benefits of dating someone like moi who are into kinks. Yes. So these are the reasons why you should date a kinkster. Okay, tell me. Let's go. Number one, they like trying new things, meeting new connections, traveling, doing new activities, etc. So they're open to new experiences. Obviously, because it's like, oh, hey, can I pee on your feet? It's going to be like, <laughs> hey, you want to go on an adventure. It's so easy to do wilder, more um, spontaneous, fun stuff right. when you're doing those things in the bedroom as well. Absolutely. Maybe you will go to Rome. Maybe you'll go to Italy. Maybe you go to Taylor Swift. And having someone who's open-minded, that's going to relate to a lot of other areas in their life. It's not going to just be sexual. That's exactly right. So it could just be the way that they approach people, what they Mm -hmm. think about jobs, what they think about- Meeting new friends. Philosophies Uh in general and positions on whatever is going on in the world. Exactly. And the next one is they're actually willing to trust others. Especially if you're going to be like bound and like tied up, right? With blindfolded or being blindfolded or being handcuffed. Or Anon, like just going into the dark and like hit one off. Huh? Anon. Anon. People are into walking into a dark room and- like you don't know Anonymous. who's walking into the room. like a men's bar. Like yeah, or, or like, like a sex club. Correct. Or someone you don't can know. like walk into your room and they're blindfolded and they don't even they don't even know who you oh, are. Oh yeah, you leave the door unlocked and you're and like, And just walk in and walk on in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you'd have to be quite trusting. I think this is actually one of my most favorite reasons to date a kingster in a non-sexual way. Because relationships in my mind and marriage and any Solid foundation is built on trust. Correct. Another reason why dating a kingstar is great is because they know how to have a good time. They know how to let their hair out, let loose, as Lucy Leduca says, and get on the knees and have fun. Okay, <laughs> that's true. You know, I mean, it is pretty just spontaneous, spontaneous, fun, fun. adventurous. Yes, take risque. some risks. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, they're the life of the party. You know, they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Okay, next one is they are willing to be vulnerable. Mm, So kinky men and women are willing to be vulnerable in putting themselves out there and being exposed, essentially. Some may be into voyeurism, some may be into cuckolding, you know, where they like to be watched. So there's obviously a sense of being vulnerable in your communicating how you're feeling in expressing your love for one another. If something's upsetting you, I think that vulnerability leads to good communication. It's already vulnerable for a lot of people to have intimacy. Absolutely. If you're being tied up and wax is being dripped onto you, right? I would say that's more trust and vulnerable. Well, it's just like maybe you're not in control, so you've given up your control to someone else for that time being, for that sexual experience. That's being vulnerable, yeah. And then you really are ultimately super vulnerable to someone. And allowing yourself to be vulnerable Mm. is super valuable because... I would imagine that can also be something that you apply to your heart, to your mind. Absolutely. You know, how you treat people around you. Next is they'll always have something to talk about. (laughs) Big (laughs) mouths. Remember that last time when... Right. Not even that, but it's just like they'll always have a story. They'll always talk about their day. They'll always have a communication and a dialogue and they'll always keep the conversation flowing. Yeah. No awkward silences. Well, you're constantly learning something about yourself and your partner You know, especially in those experiences where you're being vulnerable, you're being open, you're being trusting. But on the flip side, they also have some serious introspection, these Mm kingsters, So they can go deep, they can go internal, and they can have a moment of reflecting of actually what they really want. Well, I imagine like when you are into these kinks and when you have these deep sexual desires, you may not be fully in control of your feelings about it or that communicative about it or not, you're not screaming it on top of a fucking mountain. Well, like tr- you're super introspective. Yeah, you're thinking- they're, they're questioning who they are and what they want and who they yeah. want to be and what they're into. Yeah. You know, they're really, they're having a moment to actually honor their feelings, mm. be authentic yeah. and say, Hmm, this is actually really what I want and this is what I feel. So they can go introspective. Okay. Okay. They want more out of life more kinksters want more 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 they're tired of the nine to five they're over the the mundane they're over the boring they're over the vanilla sex they want to spice it up more more (laughs) they want to get on the hot tamale train (laughs) they also can tolerate pain and humiliation high pain tolerance Mm -hmm. and won't be derailed by failure they'll be railed (laughs) (laughs) don't be derailed be Be railed (laughs) (laughs) That would be my housewives introductions. I am never derailed. I am only railed. God, okay. So they can also tolerate pain and they are resilient human beings. Yeah. They can face any challenge. They love harder. They love harder. Mm -hmm. They love harder because kinky folks are very intense. So they can pour out their hearts. They're very passionate. All or nothing. And lastly, they're also smarter. Smarter how? They are smarter because they're more introspective, right? So the more inquisitive they are, they challenge society. They don't follow the norm. So kinky people are just more aware and simply smarter. Okay. Maybe they're more emotionally intelligent. Emotionally intelligent, yes. Because they can potentially be very much in tune with what their sexual needs are, what their emotional needs are, and how to potentially bring those pleasures out and you know benefits in your in their partner maybe kinks would also make good managers a kinky manager yeah maybe their kink is managerial skills or maybe they like maybe managing. they're dom right maybe that's the, that's the dom in them right. i mean i'm going way off topic here and getting <laughs> derailed but speaking of kinks and fetishes it's time for some asmr and only whispers <laughs> okay so our first question is a Complicated one, I think. Okay. So Nick from Riverside, California says, I've been with my boyfriend for three years and he's into leather BDSM. I recently have become a vegan and I don't want any leather products in our house. Right. What am I supposed to do? You have to, first of all. Okay, wait, this is actually a really good question because my best friend, she's a vegan. Yeah. And she would not come in my car because it was leather. And she would not hug me whenever I wore a leather jacket. Really? Mm-hmm. She mentioned that to me and I respected that. Mm-hmm. I actually put a towel on the car seat so she didn't have to sit on it. And what did you do with your like beloved leather jacket? That I took you my jacket day. off and then I hugged her. Okay. So I think you made someone, space for her. You have to make what space. She, what she yeah. ap- needed or appreciated. So you appreciated. have to communicate and just express how you feel and find a resolution together to like accommodate. Yeah. There's so much faux fur, faux leather, faux... Just this, go latex. Maybe just like maybe I'll go latex. Go latex, go rubber. Yes. Maybe like go rubber. Maybe you can push into a different it doesn't have to be your thing. Hmm. Also, you, you maybe can't make them fully just like throw away all the things because this that shit's expensive. It's very expensive. I don't know if you've ever walked into a sex shop and looked at how much a harness is. It's not cheap. How much is a harness? It's like well, at least in Australia. It could be like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars for like something oh. cool. Wow. For a bigger one? I don't know. I just pick the coolest one. I'd be like, oh, that's fashion. Of course you would. You'd pick the most expensive one. (laughs) Anyway, so the resolution is have communication, find alternatives, find potentially some latex, find that vegan leather, and get into it. Thanks, Nick, because your question inspired our episode today. So the next one is from Marcus, and he's from Brisbane. Marcus says, I lie about my age on dating apps because no one will date me if I put my real age, which is only 46. What am I supposed to do when people find out that I'm Older than I say I am and why do I feel like I need to lie about it? Ask Hollywood Star (laughs) Hollywood Star got away with it. She did, she just owned it. She's a star. But I get I get that there is a lot of ageism Mm. in general, in dating, but especially within the gay community, I feel like there's a lot of ageism. But people are into ageism. So, like, never be ashamed of it. Like, yeah, own who you are, own your age, be confident about it, and you will find somebody who's maybe even into someone that's older than you. But I, like, I don't know Marcus, and, you know, maybe Marcus is into younger guys. Right. And then is then thinking, you know, oh, I need to portray myself as younger because I want to be youthful. Marcus, maybe you're over valuing, you know, your age and your youth, and you're just not really being fully who you are. But I've got two things to say to Marcus. Hmm. Marcus, maybe you look really good for 46, so you should definitely say you're 50, because you look even better. You go the uh, the other way. way. So then when you meet them, you say, I'm actually only 46, they're going to be like, wow. Secondly, people... Are very particular with ages. It's it comes down to the searching. No, but yeah, but people can be like only thirty. Like I only want someone that's up to twenty nine. Right. So when you like set they go the very fil- particular. Yeah, when you set the filters, you're like, oh, I'm looking for someone who's like from thirty to forty, and then like everyone above forty or 50, or 60, or whatever the age is, yeah. is left out. And that's that feeling of being left out that is what is not great. But my friends have even showed me profiles of people that in their description, in their bio, it actually says, do not message me if you are over 29. Really? Or if you are not between the 29 and 34. Age. I wonder if like people put their age as like younger or older, whatever it is, whatever they're looking for, but then in the actual description say, I'm actually this age. Right. I just didn't want to be like filtered out. Oh my God. Just please consider me because I'm a human being. Send help. But I get it. Like don't lie. Lying sucks. And then it's just like, oh, okay. My first interaction with you was based off of a lie. Right. That's not going to go well. That's not a good way to start it. No. So obviously people would be annoyed or confused or see that as a red flag. Absolutely. So Marcus, own your age... Be authentic. Don't have any shame about it. And just celebrate looking young. Celebrate looking young. And put a filter on it if you need to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So next question. Okay. So last question we have today. Okay. Let's go. Is from Jordan in Florida. And Jordan asks, I have a gym crush. I see him every day and I think he's straight, but he keeps giving me eyes and I keep giving those eyes back. But then he looks away quickly. Is he just giving me some mixed signals is he straight? Is he gay? I don't know. How can I tell? What do I do? Well, first and foremost, we just did an episode a little bit a while ago on heteroflexibility. So he could be heteroflexible. Could be heteroflexible. Maybe it's the scent of your sweat. Oh, maybe right? he's attracted Pheromones, to your sweat. He's like, could be attracted to that pheromone that you're giving off. So he's paying attention. Well, maybe you're just his gym inspiration. Maybe he's into your body. Maybe tap his phone and see what he's listening to. Tap his phone and see, hear yeah. what he's listening to. See the first song. Let's... Popping up on his phone. Okay. Jordan, Jordan, you go up to him and you say like, hey, do you like the new album Slut Pop? Oh, you should say, oh, my favorite job. You ready? Is- I'm ready. Ready for a rim job. And then you'll know. And yeah. By his reaction, you will, know. you will know. So coming back to our kinks. Yes. And what we were into, you and me. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm listening. I am not going to reveal, but I will say that it took some work. We were very communicative and we just tried it out. We did. You just kind of put yourself out there and you communicate. You be aware, you read the other person. You have to set boundaries though. Setting boundaries is definitely important. But you don't know what boundaries to set necessarily until you share You know what you're into Absolutely. and what you want. So you have to communicate first and during your communication with one another, you set those boundaries and agree. You have to come to a compromise with one another in a relationship to agree on what those are. Yeah, and even if you are going into a hookup situation and you're not in a relationship... Usually that conversation happens on Grinder or whatever you're chatting on. And it's sometimes a bit too transactional mm. and it takes the human like feeling out of it. And like y- a lot of people are looking for human connection, a good time, but still like a real person to like have a... intimate experience experience with, with, right? Like, so you don't want to just trade facts. And like, I, I remember when I was single, I've, I hated when people were like into, and then you just like list all the things that you're into. Right. And it was more of like, a conversation because if it is going to be just a sex hookup, yeah, you want to know the, the facts. Like, what am I dealing with? Am you want to get to know I the want? person a little bit, yeah. And then, but that's also the time that you also can share a little bit of your kinks, what you're into, hmm. and see if they're into it too. Some people just put it in their description and be like, this is what I'm into. Yeah, straight and so you up. you just know. So it's like really to the point, you don't waste any time. Correct. But in a relationship where you're being more analytical and much more emotional and building a longer term relationship. You know, relationship. It's not that easy unless you've met on an app. So and it's like a little bit of a negotiation. It's just kind of like a, a barter. A compromise. You know, you kind of like, oh, here's what I, you know, maybe into, are, are you into it too? Yeah. And then the other person will be like, yeah, that's hot. Or like, you are disgusting. Like mm. somewhere in the middle is where you want to land. Right. And <laughs> yeah. it also might take that other person some time to come around and think about it and sit on it a little bit and then say, yeah, you know what? I'm actually into golden showers. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. But then you create boundaries, you create rules around right. it and it's okay if you're not into it. The humans are complex and we all want fulfillment. We all want pleasure. We all want to feel happy. Yeah. And we all want sex. We all want sex. Some kind of, you know, in- intimate connection. Pleasure. And pleasure. And especially when you're in a long-term relationship, a lot of that, either ebbs and flows or fades and comes back. Or like back. we said, the honeymoon phase last week. Right, like it can be like hot and heavy in the beginning and then kind of fade away. It can you know, be a slow burn. It can like come later in life, but it is actually so important to be communicative and talk about what it is you want, especially if it is some kinks that you haven't necessarily told your partner that you want. So I think what we've learned from this episode today is that find yourself a kingster. Have the open conversations, whether you're dating someone, whether you're about to be intimate with someone or whether it's your long term partner, have the conversations, be open, be honest and discover what your partner's potentially into. Yeah. And just own it. Own it. it. Just own it. Like own who you are, own what you want, own your kink. Don't hold it so inward. Don't hold it so close to you maybe that's why you may not find the person who can share that kink with you you don't know if somebody wants something until you try it absolutely you have to communicate and have a discussion about it yeah so until next week keep building the vibrant life you want by owning your authentic self even if that means owning your kinks